There was a time <laughs> when the idea of watching TV together as quality time would have like appalled my parents. Do you know what I mean? They would have, they would have been like, Absolutely. really? Quality time is watching TV? No, we're going camping. What? You know, <laughs> I thought we were black. No, you know. <laughs> Welcome to that episode was We Are Popsicle. In this episode, we will be offering opinions and reactions to Stranger Things Season 4, Chapter 6, The Dive. Stranger Things follows an unlikely group of kid heroes as they continue to face off against the creatures from the Upside Down in Hawkins Hawkins, and now also California, California, and Russia, Russia. Created by the Duffer Brothers, the sixth chapter is written by Curtis Nguyen and directed by Nimrod Tall. Before we continue, final warnings we're going to spoil as much as we can possibly spoil um, from this episode so please don't continue until you've watched the show but then absolutely continue um, with the rest of our episode once you have done that Uh, we'll sit here and wait for you Um, I am Claire Thorne and I'm joined by my lovely popsicle co-host and I'm going to introduce them now Philip Kelly how long can you hold your breath for? Gosh, these days. Are you a swimmer? Uh, I used to be able to hold it for quite some. These days, no, I used to be able to hold it for a long time. I, I, I did. I used to be able to hold it for a while. These days, probably not very long, honestly. Honestly. How long would you say it was when it when it was a long time? I, I could probably go about a minute when I was in shape. Probably about a minute. Just shy. Justin Peniston, holding your breath. There, I, I, my answer is very similar to Phil's. Um, there was a time when I could hold my breath a good long time. Yeah. I could come up close to two minutes once upon a time. Wow. I couldn't do that. Um, but uh, wow. yeah, those days are long gone, long gone. Can you beat that, Lisa K. Weber? If you um, were in a I, breath holding contest? I've never with... been much of a breath holder. So uh, <laughs> I think maybe I tapped out at like 30 seconds or something. Well, the rest of us Whenever have to I be because you take like our breath away. It's like people are underwater for like several minutes. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm way dead. Way dead. <laughs> you take our breath away. Oh, Justin. Uh, Kelly Sue, underwater swimmer. Um, I have held my breath for years at a time. Yeah. (laughs) So true. Oh my goodness. I have dog paddled for about 30 seconds. So I'm doing good. Um, We talk about that, of course, because this episode is titled The Dive. Uh And uh, I am a little bit in awe of our friend Steve's ability to, um, yeah. No. (laughs) <laughs> anyway i think you're in awe of his ability to do more than one thing in this episode claire is my guess <laughs> i don't know i felt like the the end of this episode as they were all admiring his chest hair what it was too dark to see chest hair so i kind of questioned that but i'll I'm, i went with it so it's fine i'm with you on that one claire i was yeah. like i'm looking at it's like <laughs> because it's the too payoff, dark it's the payoff too wasn't dark. the chest hair the payoff was max. Yeah, the, the payoff, payoff was, was 100% max. Taking yeah, those, those, those binoculars just and just looking, yeah. watching. We didn't need the chest hair because we had max with the binoculars. Yeah. And in typical fashion, we've jumped right to the end of the what we should be talking about. So let's go back to the beginning. I'm going to drag us back. Um, I think the dive was very much another transitional episode. Mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so let's check in with everyone as all of these chess pieces are getting, I feel, put into place for the penultimate or the ultimate penultimate third ultimate. I don't know what the right term is. We, we have one more episode from this drop, this is, right? This is the pe- yeah. penultimate this episode penultimate of, of, of this volume one. one. Yes. yes. And then two more after that. So clearly we're, we're ramping up to something. <laughs> um, 
Elle, of course, is back in the tank, mm-hmm. getting closer to uncovering her core traumatic memory uh, with the help of the not at all creepy lab tech dude uh, guy who is more and more, at least to me, feeling like, oh goodness, here he's important. Um, The California crew arrives in Salt Lake City and gets the coordinates to the Nevada bunker with Susie's genius help and a delightful trip through her house, which is very typically like just chaotic with many kids. Um, the Hawkins crew find Eddie and figure out that the murders are opening doors to the upside down all while they're running from the townspeople who have now fully embraced three minutes of Jason's hellfire sermon about satanic panic and how it's ravaging their town and causing all of these problems. And Joyce and Murray, last but not least, are getting very close to the secret Russian prison where Hopper is gearing up for a battle, of course, with the Demogorgon. I'm just gonna open it up. Justin, let's start with you. And you know, what are your thoughts on this chessboard? Well, this episode kind of opens with a gaping wide, what I saw is a gaping wide plot hole because I don't know how cops, when they're interviewing Jason, and hearing him talk about Satan, don't arrest Jason. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't at least take him into custody. Maybe you know remand him to psychiatric care. But at that point, like in any other you know reality, that kid would be like no, no one would take him seriously, and they would be looking after him at least for his own good, if not for you know suspicion of murder. I don't know. I think you're giving a lot of credit to like 80s small town. No, that's true. It it is like current small town, current small town. uh, Not only is not only is he a white kid, but also he's like the town popular white kid. Yes, I honestly didn't even think about that because I certainly grew up thinking that every other thing I did could get me in jail. So yeah, Yeah. like. You know, like also, you have to remember that we're talking about a mini Romney here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. And the sheriff is a black guy. He's like, I can't arrest this kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They will shoot well, me. even just yeah, like, exactly. the fact that he's the local sports hero. You know, like, oh, we can't put this kid in jail because he has to win the championship. Or that's real. Something. Mm-hmm. That yeah. real. I don't know. Yeah. Even and it's like crazy. mid, and it's like also like at this time we weren't really like, oh, let's like take care of people's mental health. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> like something people we've thought about. Graduated <laughs> to doing that now, but yeah, yeah. I don't even think anybody ever even said the words mental health. No. No. Although that's because it's interesting that you say that because that brought up another thing that sort of felt like uh, 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 like out of time when um, when Max and Lucas are talking and, mm-hmm. I, and Max, I mean, Lucas says to Max, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't notice before, but I want you to know, I see you now. Yeah, I see oh. you. And that is very... <laughs> language language of the 21st century totally you know, Absolutely. i was like I was like, mm. like it's fine mental good. word mental meant crazy yeah <laughs> literally literally yeah. in the 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s right mm-hmm. um you know and then the, my last like real take on this chessboard is because everybody you know has been making comparisons you know the stranger things is the bastard love child of spielberg and king of steven's Spielberg and King. Mm-hmm. Um, and this season has been a, a lot of Hellraiser, a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street. But I saw a lot of Star Wars in this episode. I saw a lot of, you know, Ooh. you know, give in to your anger, your hate. Use your <laughs> sad and angry memories to yes. tap into your powers. Mm-hmm. You know, very Sheev Palpatine mm-hmm. coming from Claire's Creepy Orderly. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not mine. Don't make him mine. <laughs> oh, no. Um, to, to, to that, I mean, I actually wrote Spielberg down a whole bunch of times in my notes for this episode just mm-hmm. because it was like, especially once they went to the Susie 
storyline and like what was going on in her house, the score changed. Yes. And it was yeah. like straight up Spielberg score as it was like this kind of goofy, silly light, like do, 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 or whatever, <laughs> as all this kind of like goofy stuff was happening with her and her house. It was yeah. like total gear shift mm-hmm. to yeah. being just this like silly kind of 80s Spielbergian kid yeah. comedy. Those kids were hilarious. Oh they my were God. were hilarious. I yeah. squeed when I saw Ali Sheedy. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Yes. Awesome. Ali yeah. Eden Sheedy. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah. I, uh, I love yeah. the kids in the house. And the fact that they'd use them for more than just like a one note, like introduction as they're yeah. walking through the house. But I also loved the boys trying to pass off their story to Susie was just. American Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, man. American Nintendo. Amer- <laughs> Called American Nintendo. Oh, Argyle. Oh my God. Good one. <laughs> Oh, this man. is a, this is kind of where uh, Argyle started to feel a little more cohesive to the action, like his personality. I felt in this kind yeah. of raucous house. Lisa I'm still sort of does not. Lisa, no, I'm, I'm, Lisa, Lisa, do you I'm, have a rebuttal? I'm on Lisa's. I'm I'm riding. Thought he was this, fine. The like Argyle, like what was going on with Argyle was so forced in this episode. It was so forced. I was like, <laughs> this is the moment where I am firmly landing in the anti-Argyle camp. <laughs> they were trying so hard in this episode to make me like him. And I was just like, Mm-mm, not no, happening. No, I did love <laughs> that against. he disappears during the whole, you know, heist part of the the scenes in Susie's house and he disappears and you think, okay, he's he's going off to do something that's going to be necessary to like help the group. And like, no, no, he's just, he's just shacking up in the van with... Ali Sheedy in the pot. <laughs> oh man. <Delightful. laughs> it's rough. Oh, goodness. That is that was a tough, that was a gamble on their part to include a character like this. Because if you're writing a stoner, like he's a Jeff Spicoli character. Mm-hmm. But what made Jeff Spicoli work, and he didn't work for some people, right? Um, is that there aren't really a lot of stakes. He's sort of like the runner of that movie where it's mm-hmm. just like, this movie is super hardcore. We are um, confronting some very controversial themes in this film while it's also supposed to be funny. <laughs> so let's toss in Sean Penn as a stoner and have him have this weird arc with his teacher. Yeah. Like you need so many other things going to make something like that work. And there's just not enough surrounding Argyle to make it be something that's like, oh, what an idiot. You know? I was thinking a little more tonally he was starting to fit in with this episode, his sort of goofiness. Oh, I see. Not, not yeah. that I, I'm not necessarily on sure. board with his character or character arc or anything. I just mm-hmm. felt like, especially with going to Susie's place, that sort of goofiness that he kind of portrays fit a mm-hmm. little more naturally in yeah. with he that fits, environment. He fits into better sure. that Spielberg yeah. movie yeah. that Lisa, yeah. you know, is describing. Yeah. Probably, he certainly didn't but, fit yeah. in as well with the murder, running around, people getting shot stuff, you know, it didn't, mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah, I'm not totally on board with this character as a whole, except for Justin really liking that shrieking. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. That was really funny. That was his shining moment. I enjoyed. I was. I can just. I'm sorry, Kelly Sue. I just very briefly. I just. I from the last episode. I have to remember that I really did appreciate his attempts at making a a grave marker for the the dead hero dead the dead hero agent out of a pizza box. I, I found that slightly ador- adorable. Anyway, Kelly Sue. That was really funny. <laughs> He's like, you're putting our names on it. <laughs> Maybe um, not a good idea. I had so many, like, I think we had again in this episode, some major storytelling stretches. Mm-hmm. 
I had so many questions about like, talk to me about how you have like the internet in 1986 in your home. And then also talk to me about how you got, how you captured a Demogorgon, <laughs> moved it, <laughs> took it out of its container and put it into like a stable. So for me, I'm like, I can go along with the whole, like we did a Jurassic park with this demogorgon. <laughs> that's, that's exactly, literally the words yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, evil secret Russian I can, technology. I'm like, sure, like, fine. Yeah. We did that. Um, the, and as far it. as having the internet in the house in 1986, I believe it because of a character like Susie, because okay. she's out there, like they find her out there on the roof, like fucking with the satellite. She's definitely like, even if her dad wasn't like savvy enough to get the hookup, she would have gotten it done, I think. Yeah. And she's not like, this isn't the actual internet yet. It's right. right? It's, it's like that pre-internet that like mm -hmm. some people knew about. And yeah, yeah. it was yeah. very limited. Yeah. Connected very limitedly or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Wait, Al Gore could tell us it. was before about it. Al Gore yeah. discovered yeah. the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, before then. <laughs> but I was just like, wow, this is incredible. So you kids are just going to drive this pizza van <laughs> through mountains Okay. She's yeah. going to have the internet and can call the computer <laughs> from the not working pen. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> it's going to work. Like it works. And in five minutes, it works. Yeah. Like the, mm -hmm. That put the phone That's on the probably thing. The, the, the dial up modem would have yeah. taken yeah. at least That would have that taken day. at yeah. least 15 minutes. At least. Yeah. At yeah. least. But. Now we of, know why this story uh, allowed, had Susie change Dustin's grade at the beginning. Yeah. Just to yeah. establish that Susie has the internet. Yes. Yeah. Susie's got moves. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But then and I, to I put us all in I that kind of park thing. I do. Yeah. I mean, like, and to put us all like they're ref the endless references that they make mm -hmm. in this show, because it was like, you see that opening scene of her changing his grade and it's like, oh, we're in war games. And then it's yeah. like in, I think it was like in the last episode when they called the number they and it was like, games. what does this sound like? And it's like, oh, it sounds like war, war games. games. Yeah. yeah. Same as like when they mentioned Freddy Krueger. Mm -hmm. the episode after Robert England was in it. And it's like, oh, yeah. you find like, so you are yeah. taking into account that you're living in this time where these characters exist. Yeah, totally. Um, Hell, the, the so, yeah. sheer fact that Joyce and Murray are unbruised and have not yet frozen to death is mm -hmm. also just like, okay, not a thing. But that's <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I'm like, they. that would be, this would be a much harder situation for them. Yes, much harder. First of all, they'd be dead. Crashing <laughs> that plane the way they did. Yeah, I mean they would be they would be, but at least injured. they'd be horribly injured if they weren't dead. Yeah. But they're just right. walking around like no problem. Right. I, I and Yuri uh, would certainly be dead. Yuri yeah, would, Yuri yeah, would have wasn't strapped down dead. at all. He would have been tossed. Right. Yeah. That mofo would have been tossed right out of the plane. Um, that mofo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I'm going to jump over to L a little bit. Because this was the yes. first time watching this season, I got real, real Akira vibes. Um, you know, we've had the, sort of the fire starter thing in here, you know, because mm -hmm. it's King and da da da. But I right. mean, this is like, uh, you know, student versus student mental powers and things like that was taking me back to uh, Akira. And uh, I don't know how many of you, I don't know how many of you have seen it. Um, we know who has. All right, Lisa. Claire, Justin, I think, is the only one who hasn't seen yeah, it. Yeah, Claire has not seen yeah. it. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I, I really dug that um, about this, uh, uh, this episode that really started to sort of focus in on that sort of um, gameplay between the mm -hmm. Ellen and, and the other characters and this, uh, you know, um, the, the one who's sort of coaxing Elle to use uh, her abilities. Um, creepy orderly. Yeah, creepy orderly. Yeah. Yeah. Claire's friend. Yeah. 
Claire's not my friend. dear friend, the not creepy my friend. orderly. Dear friend and most favorite character to ever be on the Stranger Things. We, we call the orderly CBFF. <laughs> Listen, you guys know. Very pretty. He is very pretty in that mm-hmm. like alien model way. Yeah. He is very pretty in Where that you're evil as shit way. Yeah, it's like all the individual pieces of your face are beautiful, but the way they're, the specific way they're put together is extremely off-putting. <laughs> as is every time he opens his mouth or looks at someone, off-putting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but he he's does kind, kind of, of like his... a real life uncanny valley. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read an interview with him where they spoke about, you know, how he approached creepy orderly role. Performance. <laughs> and he said, that I was reading and I was just like, I've got to find a way to fucking sit down with this dude. (laughs) Lay it on me. What do you say? He went to like a curio shop in Atlanta called the odds end. And he (laughs) met the creepy shopkeeper who was in like an antique wheelchair and he's like there's something for me here and he bought a vial of black widows oh wow that he carried with him the entire time they were filming the show so he was in needful things essentially yeah essentially yeah and he said he was like i would stare at them until i fell in love with them and i was like you yeah get over here yeah get over here you weirdo <laughs> you fucking weirdo you beautiful weirdo all about it <laughs> needful things another of my favorite stephen king books yeah very uh, good one I very actually, good one i like the movie too personally unofficial recommendation yeah. for this episode yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah anyway I, no no I'm, I'm shifting gears again again because uh oh boy steve harrington for the last few episodes he has just been over it he's been can i please do something can i please be a part of this can i please help in some way other than standing back and wondering what the hell i want to do something well, and in this episode other than being stuck with yeah dustin. being stuck with dustin, dustin exactly yeah yeah yeah. Stop yeah. Sticking he, me. yeah i mean that certainly come it certainly brings it out which is mm-hmm. uh but like he he wants to help he wants to help he wants to be useful and he dives into that water. He's, he's like, I oh, know I'm going to be useful. This is my turn, guys. Step back. Yeah. And I was like, go, Steve. And then two minutes later, I was like, good God, Steve, no. <laughs> what have you done? Uh, I was like, what have you done, sir? Like, you're, you are getting your guts pulled out. Like, no. Uh, it was... Um, I never believed for a second they were going to kill him off. Oh in no! That moment. Oh no! No! But no, I absolutely, absolutely watched the first five minutes of the next just episode to, sure. to confirm <laughs> it. Sure, yeah. Likewise, likewise, <laughs> I jumped in right away and I was like, "I got to know right now, or I'm not going to yeah. have fun yeah. with my family at all." Which uh, I, we were watching that scene, and I said, "You know, this seems horrific." Which again, the visuals of the upside down this season mm-hmm. are the best. Oh of my god! The series, mm-hmm. like that yeah. whole landscape. Okay. Is phenomenal. My... And I, I'm going to oh, argue sorry, sorry, that go he, that's okay. I'm just, I'm going to argue that he is getting eaten alive by the upside downs, like mm-hmm. version of mosquitoes. Like it's, those <laughs> things are the least dangerous thing in all of the upside down. Can I just and... say, can I just say, because literally the only break we took while watching the season of, of, of Stranger Things was between episode six and seven. That's where we stopped for the night. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh my God. And I went to bed. I was like, oh, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know if this is accurate. And maybe I'll never know unless I find the Duffer brothers and I can ask them the 70, 11 questions I have written down in my phone Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. The second he gets into this version of the upside down and he's being attacked, my first thing was, baby gargoyles 
Mm. Yeah. Bad. But then they're doing like the larger pans of this landscape. Has anyone here ever watched Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer? <laughs> a long yeah. time ago, maybe. Yeah. Okay. When she yeah. goes, to, I'm like, like if you take us back to Brother Bear again, <laughs> it looks exactly like that. Like Fantastic. where there's the land of no color, like uh-huh. it looks exactly like that. And they even have the those flyy screechy things that uh-huh. they have there. <laughs> I'm like, this has got, they've got to be, there's gotta be well, something that ties this to Rainbow that's Bright of the amazing. Star That's amazing, that's <laughs> amazing. I'm pretty sure those things were inspired by uh, a D&D monster. There's a D&D sure. monster called a Sturge. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically like a, a bat and a mosquito mm-hmm. you know mashed Perfect together name for that yeah. yeah and like these are like sturges with with cthulhu faces so, yeah, yeah little cthulhu yeah well these are the... like you're being sturgy right now <laughs> i like that <laughs> i like that very shakespearean creating a word like that i love it Thank you. uh, you're welcome oh, um the, the um, landscape reminds me of a heavy metal out cover album Every time I see, oh, yeah. you know, the upside down, Speaking I'm like, this is of, Megadeth or this is oh. something like that. Can I just say how much I have always appreciated and appreciate in this series, this episode, the overlay between like rock and roll metal culture and high fantasy nerd culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I am obsessed with the crossover. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad it exists. And yeah. so like when Eddie like referenced Lord of the Rings, I was like, it's fucking metal. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. when high yeah. fantasy is metal. Metal. Like, yeah. Yeah. We just yes. can't talk about that. I can't talk about that too much directly because then my husband will take license to play a lot of Iron Maiden in our house. And I, <laughs> yeah. I don't There's see the problem. A little, a little come to the hills. Yeah, and what is the challenge? I'm sorry, what is the... I just don't... I don't have the Iron Maiden thing. That's quite. too bad. I know. But then I get it. My husband also is, yeah, upset. <laughs> having having Eddie refer to the burning of the Shire specifically. Yes. Like, Ooh, nice yes. deep cut. That yes. was yeah. in movies, except in a vision that never takes place. And that... But um, <laughs> yeah. I... I was at that point, I was like, I need to listen to some freaking Led Zeppelin right now. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Led Zeppelin, thousand percent. And I love that Harrington, I love that Harrington doesn't know a thing about what he's talking about. I know. He's like, this the is Shire, down, what? This What's is all in Shire? my hot takes down there, but yeah. I was just, <laughs> I was just like, okay, I can, I can just stop the series right here. I'm dead. I can, I'm, I'm complete. <laughs> I'm fulfilled. I just, yeah. And punctuating it with steve's like what the hell is mm-hmm. what are we doing so good so what's good. a mordor <laughs> yes. what's a mordor i appreciated that it was pre-movie pronunciations because you know yeah. afterwards everyone had to roll their r's when they said mordor you know oh. but which kind of annoys the crap out it's one of the same few, uh, here although it's, it's pretty touch. it's authentic it's spot it on, is you know, I but, know but it just doesn't sound you know, that's not what I read when I was reading those books. Right, you right. just yeah. can't do it without sounding pretentious. Yeah. Like really Unless you're Ian McKellen. True. Ian McKellen can do anything. And the um, goddamn thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to take us kind of really specifically to back to 11. And I regret that I've done this now where I have to say the word Papa again so much, but I was really kind of struck by the Papa doesn't tell the truth. Papa doesn't always tell the truth. Uh Um, And the idea of, because we we get more adults in this episode. Um, And again, a wide range of adults from the completely clueless Susie's father to um papa you know the (laughs) manipulative and damaging and traumatic and you know all of the adults in our little town hall meeting um but i was i think one of the things i loved the most in this episode was the parents our parents right of our hellfire group our our gang of of kids you know kind of 
it's not cluing in, but it is just, I appreciated that there was this instant and unquestioned like, oh, nope, our kids are not doing this and we need to go find them, save them, protect them, et cetera. Um, to say nothing of uh, the sister, I always forget her name. Erica. Erica, mm -hmm. standing up in the middle of the town hall meeting and giving the, you know, only oh. verbal, you know, clap back to this. Mm -hmm. uh, just the facts. Yeah, it was really yeah. great. Um, so I'm, I just want to revisit the adults in this story again and see what your take is. On. I love that you pulled this out, that you pulled this scene of the parents out to talk about, mm -hmm. because that was, I mean, I found that scene more interesting, certainly than the mob, let's whip up the mob scene with yeah. like mm -hmm. the ensuing scene between the parents. Cause it was really fascinating to see how they all reacted. And, um, of course, Mrs. Wheeler is definitely the most level-headed of the bunch. Oh yeah, we've, we've spent more time with Mrs. Wheeler than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, I mean, like we've like seen Lucas and Erica's parents in a couple scenes, but it's like I don't know if I remember them even having words. A yeah. little bit when when maybe a little Lucas is taking like pictures or something, yeah. you know, going into a dance or something. They, they have, mm -hmm. when they first introduce Erica, his parents have some lines, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, they, they it's don't like... have what Mrs. Wheeler had, which was a whole closet romantic situation with Doc Ray. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't think I but I will, but it's like, even before that, even before yeah. that, it was like, we had some good scenes, like in even like the first or second season or something between her totally. and Nancy. Yeah. And like, she's, she's always been like the, I feel like the most solid of the bunch. It's like, I get the sense. I mean, obviously we know Mr. Wheeler is useless, but um, <laughs> I get the sense that Dustin's mom is like very like, oh, you know, she's kind of always been <laughs> the kind of like, um, and I find, I also was kind of like finding it interesting that it's like, is Eric the only one of the bunch that has like, or not Eric, um, Erica and Lucas, are they the only ones that have like, well, I don't know. Cause we, it's like, we hardly know his parents at all either, but it's like, there's no real like dad figure other mm -hmm. than Hopper. Like, and I mean, we talk about Papa, but it's like, yeah. that's like a fucked up dad figure. The only like positive dad figure I feel like in this entire show is Hopper. Yeah. We have like active dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I would argue that even we only have one positive mom, active mom, which is Joyce. I mean, mm -hmm. we yeah. see Mrs. Wheeler trying and failing. And mm -hmm. that is a trope. You know, she tries mm -hmm. to connect to Nancy and to Mike to a lesser yeah. degree. I mean, to, and, and to the point that the actress playing her, Cara Buono, was actually in the main cast for the first couple of seasons, you know, mm -hmm. like, but she's an ineffective and a deliberately ineffective mother figure, you know? Which is interesting because I think a lot of her ineffectiveness is tied directly to the fact that she does not know the secret. She doesn't know what's really going on. I uh -huh. wonder what happens with her character if she suddenly, like, I feel both that like, okay, we could potentially have some level of reveal to these parents in this season about uh -huh. what's going on in Hawkins. And also I'm very worried for her right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just like, they're, they're activating these parents and putting them out in yeah. the world. And I'm a bit concerned. Well, if, I if, still love that the parents are like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, y'all, these monsters fucking blew up a mall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they blew up Starcourt. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, all. That, I love it. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm starting to get like a really good collection of like world building um, yeah. that you just have to buy. Like Hannibal was the same thing. You just, you have to buy that there are 5,000 serial killers within a hundred mile radius. Yeah. In uh, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, it's ridiculous. Um, 
yeah, these um, places would be horrific. Yeah. On the other side, though, we're talking about a small town in the 80s who probably only had one source of information they went to, the local gazette or something like that. <laughs> Nightly news, which wouldn't cover anything going on locally. So whatever yeah. they were told, they just accepted as truth because, you know, why, why not? And, mm -hmm. you know, we, I mean, we're also dealing with, um, you know, heavy Stephen King influences and mm -hmm. parents are often nowhere to be found. In, in, yeah. in things like it, for instance, yeah, exactly. this, is a, this is the kids. Parents yeah. are, oh, 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 stuff going on. What? And they all, you know, kind of turn away from it because they don't want to deal with the realities that something could happen to their kids. Mm -hmm. um, so, you well, know, and, the, I think, and that's, maybe, I think, a lot of the innocence of the 80s is people turning away from the realities that they were too afraid to face. Yeah, that's the yeah. innocence, as I put it in quotes. Um, and so. I don't think we'd really, by the 80s, recovered from that like 50s era um, belief mm. that if you spent too much emotional, <laughs> emotionally connected time with your kids, you were going to damage them. You were going to make them too. And yeah. especially on the part of dads, when we talk about dads not connecting with their kids in this show, it's, you know, that was, you just don't spend that emotional time mm -hmm. doing stuff so yeah it's so weird that we we come out of sort of a, an era and with the disenfranchisement of the the political system and our military dealing with vietnam we go into the 80s and we kind of fall right back into this sort of you know look away sort of element the era. yeah i know it was right back into the regular mm -hmm. that's what i was about yeah. to say mm -hmm. we uh, you literally took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, you know, read the whole Reagan thing happened and everybody was like, oh, no, we're safe. Everything's OK. Uh, you know, at least until, yeah. you know, Russia and, and all that kind it's of stuff. It's fine. The Cold and War. actors in charge now. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> right? Actor oh, goodness. That's always a good thing. <laughs> we were just having this conversation yesterday, Lisa and I. Yeah. <laughs> Not about Reagan or about any of that other stuff you were no, talking about. No, no, no. About actors. <laughs> about actors. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. All right. We're going to take a little break. Um, please join us. We'll be back in just a second. Hi, I'm Justin Pennison from Popsicle. Recent events have been tough for America, especially the women of America. We at Popsicle stand for a woman's right to choose. And if you listen to us, I doubt you'll find that surprising. Speaking for myself, my wife and I have been monthly donors to Planned Parenthood and the ACLU for years, something we're extremely proud of. We're, they're two of the organizations at the forefront of the fight for body autonomy, and they can use your help now more than ever. I'm going to leave you with some powerful words from a woman in my life. Everyone at Popsicle hopes that you'll take these words to heart and find a way to join us in the fight. An abortion saved my life. I haven't really openly or publicly shared this, but now is not the time for secrets. Had I not chosen or been able to choose to terminate my pregnancy, the series of events that followed would have resulted in me being dead at 24 years old. I was in a relationship with someone I didn't want to be in a relationship with anymore. We would have been awful parents. We weren't really that great as a couple. I was terrified, heartbroken, and lost in the confusion that is standard issue for your early 20s. Today, I am a mother. I am a mother to a child that I wholeheartedly chose the baby that I was ready for and deeply wanted. Children deserve parents who can give them their best. All children deserve to be chosen and wanted. How can a woman give her best to a child when her first thoughts of motherhood are anger, resentment, and grief? My sincere hope is that the anger and heartbreak in response to Roe v. Wade's demise will galvanize us to address the way that women are raised, are viewed, and how they are cared for and treated. I read that so that she, they wouldn't have to. Thank you for listening. Support Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. Support groups like Together Rising. It's time for progressives to get up off the mat. We're in your corner. From break, hot takes. Um, 
does anybody else feel that like the whole sequence of events surrounding the little heist scene with all the kids coming into play and we, we got to see their each of their particular little like quirks and and you know the way they behave does anybody else feel like this is going to foreshadow events at some point like down the road i was feeling very Shaun of the dead like oh my god they're mapping out like a battle <laughs> sequence for us in yeah. this like i hadn't gonna... thought that but now that you <clears throat> now that you've mentioned it i'm like oh, maybe I'm hoping this is the one, like my very first time of ever noticing this in advance of it actually happening. Like I've never clued in to these kinds of things. So I'm like, maybe this time, maybe it'll be given to me. Um, I've already kind of mentioned this, but that van, Argyle's van, there's no way in cold hell it's ever going to make it all the way to Hawkins. Number one, they, they need to find some other mode of transportation soon because those things just don't go that well and they've got the rockies to drive uh-huh. over so no For sorry sure. um i i loved how her butt hurt my dusty buns was at not getting to go in the boat he just did a little stampy pants thing and it was adorable and i'm like dude they're pro- they're gonna end up in the upside down and you do not <laughs> you're totally. so so hurt at not getting to do that. Um, yeah, and workplace discipline in the Hawkins lab is serious. Like, like he got dragged down the hallway. And I don't like him, but he got some ass whooping, it looks like. So, yeah. yeah. He sure did. And well, just- the Hawkins lab is no fucking joke. We need to not oh. forget that the Hawkins lab is a place where guards routinely get killed mm-hmm. and everyone's okay with it. Certainly Brenner's okay with it. <laughs> um, I was struck on my rewatch with the fact that when the bullies get to L in the rainbow room, uh-huh. that we are seeing L as she is now, not L as she was when this happened. Yeah. yeah those because are all very- they were picking on like an eight-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not on like the 15 year old that that L is now. And that would have been hard to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but in a place where eight year olds can get their asses whipped. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that somebody going off the reservation might get a little, you know, yeah, whatever the, the 80s passed, whatever passed for a taser in the 80s, you mm-hmm. know, might get a little bit of that as a, you know, because there's okay. no oversight. No one's looking in on them. No. Yeah, no, uh, they no. were making some really interesting choices as to when they cut back and forth between uh, old L and young L. I, yeah. I found yeah. really interesting yeah. choices. Well, and I, I don't find it unreasonable to think that they are absolutely being supervised during that scene and that Brenner just is looking at it as yeah. like another game that can be my favorite thing about the character of Brenner, right? Where at every single step, he's over here being like, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Mm-hmm. He's not making a, any, I'm sorry. And you're just like, <laughs> this dude is ice cold. <laughs> he is a pure de-sociopath. Like, he yeah. has no empathy for anyone at all. None. Yeah. He is all about the game, fuck the players. Yeah, the totally. fact that they, his, his. Solution. His, oriented yeah. um, no not solution even just goal goal oriented. Yeah. goal oriented yes yeah and the fact that his energy always always is just this level i'm your dad let's mm-hmm. i'm just being very you know calm and soothing it's such yeah. strong uh what's his name uh vibes from uh the expanse <laughs> You know, our favorite doctor oh. that took uh, May. And oh, yeah, yeah, like that just guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that guy, guy. the dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then when we get, when the small moments where he spikes, I mean, mm. they're so subtle when he's like, you know, realizing oh. what's going on and he's like, what have you done? Then you're like, oh. When he gives that dirty look, when he turns mm-hmm. to give that dirty look to CBFF, yeah. you know, you <laughs> know what's it. coming. 
You know <laughs> the shocks are coming. You know something's about know to happen. It. And uh, sure enough, like, Ooh, the bolts are loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not my best friend. No. <laughs> Forever. Fucking Brenner. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, I think we're we're to that point. That episode was. What do we think? Kelly Sue, that episode was Under the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh literally and emotionally yeah yes uh lisa that episode was that episode was max with the binoculars (laughs) (laughs) philip uh that episode was uh Oh no. <laughs> and Justin. That episode was laying the foundation. Yeah. I'm going to cap that off with that episode was wet, both figuratively and Max with the binoculars. Yes. <laughs> Delightful. Oh my goodness. Um, We like things. We like this show. We think you would like other things based on your additional, you know, also love for this show. So I'm going to turn to Lisa, who um, I'm sure has a recommendation for us. I wonder what it's going to be. I do too. No, um, (laughs) when we were, it it came to me when we were talking about the crossover between fantasy and metal. Ah, Right, let's have it. It's going to be Iron Maiden. It's not going to be Iron Maiden, but close. It's going to be Dio. Oh. Go listen to Rainbow in the Dark by Dio. You're welcome. (laughs) Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James motherfucking Dio. That is my recommendation. Yep. And if you don't like it, you're not allowed to listen to the show anymore. And you know what? You're not, you're not allowed to watch soon. Stranger Things anymore. Honestly, go away. First guy ever Damn to throw it. up the devil horns. That's who Ronnie James Dio is. Fucking A. Fucking A. He is immortal. Yep. He sure is. I think I've heard of Dio. So I'm feeling <laughs> beat up on right now oh, a little bit. Oh, Claire. You know <laughs> what? Let me tell you something. Still when can. Claire talks about not having to see the Goonies, she did not get the look, the long-suffering look from Lisa that Lisa just gave her <laughs> over Dio. <laughs> All right? She was like, up. look, I can accept that you've never seen fucking Mad Max. She's just like, but you need to get thee to Spotify <laughs> and listen to some goddamn Dio. There, you might actually like Dio because <laughs> Dio is like, they're they're bringing that kind of fantasy element. Yeah. I love Led Zeppelin. Like, Led Zeppelin is one of the early things because I had okay. to transition. You, you into can't music. expect everything to be Led Zeppelin, though. Led no, Zeppelin not everything not. is going to yeah. be Led Zeppelin. No, no, no. But, but Dio, but it's like there's Led Zeppelin, and it's like you go down evolution, mm-hmm. and you get to Dio yeah. from Led Zeppelin. Well, and I so I feel like all these that. bands have a certain level of storytelling ability that I yes. very much like. Yes. You'll so. also probably appreciate the aesthetic. I think you will appreciate the, yeah. the aesthetic. Yeah. Is, it a, is it a certain aesthetic that we've talked about here on the show previously? Um, definitely. It's it very is, upside downy. It is upside downy. Okay, <clears throat> it worries me a little though, because you you seem to be anti-Iron Maiden. And there's a bit of connective tissue between Dio and Maiden, you know, musically. There is. Here's, Absolutely yeah. there is. Yep. The thing about Iron Maiden is that if I had been left to my own devices, I might have liked Iron Maiden. However, Ah. I have joined with a man who could listen to Iron Maiden (laughs) nonstop, 24-7. Everything he does is Iron Maiden. Oh, my God. And this is great because now it's like he can have Iron Maiden and you can have Dio. This sounds delightful. Yes. Did you just describe? He said, I have joined with him. Yes. (laughs) I can't get over that. That's where I'm stuck. That's some (laughs) Elfquest shit right there, boy. 
I have joined yeah. with a man. I, yeah. Excuse me? It's true. <laughs> I, am, I am connected for life oh, to man. someone who would bring Iron Maiden into absolutely everything all the time. I'm going to log that away <laughs> for a rainy day. It's going to become useful. And to be completely honest, Claire, of all of the things that you went through your life missing, missing. out on, I'm really not surprised that you didn't really dig into Dio. No, yeah. I like, you know, my reaction wasn't like, oh, that's the most offensive thing that you've missed out on. It's just yeah. my reaction is like, it's the culmination it's the of all the things of you've knowing missed out on. It was, it's just like the proverbial straw where it's like, oh. You guys went. Dio's actually left, kind of a deep cut ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ish. Yeah. yeah. And there's some satanic yeah vibes yeah, yeah. it's not satanic know, music but again the well, aesthetic, I mean, you're gonna as, love it and <laughs> as we've established in our current culture like <laughs> satanism is fun it's for the people who like to party and have a good time <laughs> yes i like my jesus to party my exactly <laughs> exactly a little off the rails now, I think. Oh my what are we here to talk about? <laughs> I Wait, what are we saying? That was a recommendation. What happened? There we go. All right. Where are well, we? That was an excellent recommendation. I take it to heart, Lisa, as always. And that brings us to the end. Thank um, God. Did we do an outro at the last one when we were? Yeah, sort of. Nah. I, I did or, oh, did we? Yeah. We haven't recorded either ad, like center ad yet. We'll do that after we're done here. You can, go ahead. you can go ahead and read this. Okay. Is chapter seven of the fourth season, the massacre at Hawkins lab? Is that correct? Is it? Oh, I thought this one. No, this is the, no, dive. no, this right. is the dive. This next the one's dive. massacre. Okay. Next yeah. one is that. Which is not spoilery at all. <laughs> um, well, we've seen, we, you've seen the massacre literally since the first scene of the season oh yeah, yeah. that's true there that is the massacre of yeah. hawkins lab yeah i'm just expecting another one as well um i did throw in a thing here about our spotify playlist oh please yeah is, that's great oh, sure anyway yeah, that was a great choice yes it was yeah all right um well that brings us to the end of this delightful and educational conversation um before we go i want you to rem to remind you that that orderly is not my best friend he is not and also i would like you to go to spotify and check out the popsicle spotify playlist titled songs to save us from the upside down where all of my popsicle hosts and myself have collected songs that you can play to save us from Beckness curse um you know just on repeat um if you have any songs that you would like to recommend you know hit us up on the social medias um at popsicle pod This has been a Popsicle production.